Something we've discussed a lot on the show is the role that events play in developing a community. Put simply, the more events we have, the better. But it's really not always that simple. Scott Ziegler is the event organizer for Skate Camp. Skate Camp is a three-day-long event that takes place in and around Titusville, Florida. Scott has big plans for this year, including a fully sanctioned marathon race called the Maytown Marathon that is sure to attract some of the scene's most competitive riders. It's important to note, however, that Skate Camp is for everyone. The marathon is really the only competitive component. It's mostly about riding skateboards, being in nature, and hanging out with some good friends. We go in depth on this as well as what Skate Camp really is and what can be expected this time around. It seems like a truly one-of-a-kind experience. In addition to all of this, we also got to talking about the IDSA and the many things that are currently being done, as well as the many things that can still be done. If you're interested in what happens at the IDSA, or interested in helping out yourself, be sure to listen through to the end. As always, I'm your host, Max Frank. Thank you for tuning in. All right, welcome to the Skating in Circles podcast. I'm here with Scott Ziegler. Scott, how are you doing today? Hey, Max. Thank you. Um, I'm doing great. Yeah. Very well. Uh, and just so the people know, where are you Where are you coming from? Where do you live? Okay, so I'm, I'll try to paint a vivid picture for you. Um, I'm here in Miami. Um, I'm in my home studio office where I run my business. I um, do IDSA stuff. I stuff envelopes. I um, make t-shirts. I figure out um, race plans, but then um, also just uh, surround myself with all my toys. Got lots of skateboards around, obviously, artwork, and um, it's kind of my creative space that uh, I enjoy making for myself. That's awesome. Seems like a common theme here. Everyone uh, on the cast seems to show up with their all their gear in the background in their their safe space, you know, their, their like, skate... <laughs> shop or whatever i think adam was in his basement yeah it looks like you've got some stuff around a little skate rack nice, nice. <laughs> is that the pantheon one didn't he make one he made Which like one? a the, the rack of skateboards no, no that rack's from um uh, just like a company on etsy that like um i ordered from that had a good reputation and uh, a really good product i paid like 100 bucks for it and fit seven boards and that's actually kind of how I try to keep my quiver like to at bay is, is the, you know, the, that rack I try to keep things to. I've been pretty unsuccessful at that, but um, <laughs> that, that's, those are the ones that my girlfriend knows about. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. We'll have to, I'll, I'll link like a, a little link to those because I think those racks are really helpful. I have one in my basement. Everyone should have one. Uh, yeah. So question, when was your first time skateboarding? So I, I, I guess I kind of have a boring first time skateboarding uh, <laughs> answer, but like, uh, I grew up in Sayosset, New York, which is out on Long Island, uh, like suburb New York city. Um, and I was probably about 10 and I had a Nash and, um, you know, I rode around the neighborhood a little bit, but frankly, I was more into bikes and mountain biking. Um, 
you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, like through middle school, like I was all about bikes. And um, I guess a better answer is I kind of rediscovered skateboarding. Um, I was 32. I actually just moved back from New York City to Miami Beach. And I really didn't want to get a car. And maybe three weeks into living there, I had my bike stolen. And I was kind of bummed out. I was sitting at a bar. And I saw this guy on a longboard just cruising through. He was doing, like, dance moves and flip tricks. Like, you know, the type of stuff Daniel Lindsay, like, makes yeah. easy, like look, looks easy to him. I was sitting there and I was like, man, that looks really cool. So I went on Amazon. Guilty, but I bought my first board on Amazon. I bought a Sector 9 pintail. Rode it. I, I, I lived on Miami Beach, so it's a very skateboard-friendly place to live. I can basically get everywhere by skateboard via the beach. Mm-hmm. So um, I was quite fortunate to have that situation. But that's when I really started, you know, going a mile here or there, two miles, three miles, and, you know, learning. Like, first I pushed... Mongo, are you allowed to say that now? But yeah. uh, whatever the thing is. Um, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, when I first started skating, push Mongo, kind of then learned to push with both feet. And, um, you know, surely, but slowly but surely, it kind of just became a, a stronger skater. Um, but unfortunately, that Sector 9 actually got run over by a Prius. By a Prius. Um, yeah, this, I felt really bad. I totally lost control of the board and it um, went into the street and this old guy like in his 80s ran over it and they got so scared that they like killed someone the guy pulled over and he took one look at a board and the board was actually like under his tire still and like just like mangled and he took one look at me and he took one look at his car that was actually a little damaged and he, he said i think your board's in worse shape because let, let, let's just let's just part ways <laughs> like <laughs> nice yeah, the guy. but um it could have been a lot worse yeah <laughs> um but that's what happened to the first board. I mean, that could go any number of ways, right? It's probably one of the better situations that the board gets damaged and little bits of the car. Especially Miami. Um, this city has a bit of a, a, a bad situation with um, bike safety and um, cars not respecting people in anything other than a car. Um, we, we have a lot of traffic traffic deaths here so you're right that was a good outcome in fact i don't even ride on that road anymore um because they they did some they tried to make it safer where they put these like rubber buffers Mm -hmm. in the bike lane to keep kind of cars out but it actually makes it way more dangerous because you can't avoid anything in the lane and um there's actually been a lot of people that have gotten hurt there so I don't even ride there anymore, but that's just all kind of silly background. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Miami is is tough, I feel like. Like you said, down by the beach, it seems like really nice place to skate. But once you get into those roads, it's it never right. seems so, bike friendly. So so the beach is cool when you go at the right time, like um, b- because it actually gets kind of jammed up with pedestrian traffic. Right. And like people with their heads up their asses walking their dogs, dogs without leashes and like, you know, more dangerous situations because the pedestrians yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of people being on one path towards the north part of the beach. The path actually gets a lot wider when you get closer to South Beach, you know, more drunk people, more tourists flopping around. So mm-hmm. like, so th- there's good and bad air at the beach, but 
I, I love that your podcast is called Skating in the Circles. Um, <laughs> yeah. As a marching guy and someone that um, skates a couple thousand miles of circles a year, I kind of really appreciate it. But yeah, I have a few circles here in Miami that I skate. I route on a golf course on this place called Normandy Island that I like. It's like a two mile loop that's in a gated kind of neighborhood. So it's nice. like perfect and safe. And then I actually ride. I don't know if anyone look, follows me on Strava, but they'll see a lot of circles. And um, I actually skate a lot in my neighborhood. I have like a 0.88 mile loop in my neighborhood. And my neighbors think I'm crazy 20, 30 laps at a time, you know, over two hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> skate trips are like really fun when you don't have to loop. But I feel like anyone who's trained or anyone who's just really into it ends up looping somewhere, right? Like, you either have two mile loops or less like you have, or you have like a 10 mile loop. Like at some point you're sure. going to turn around and come back. That's just what we do. We skate in circles. Yeah. So, so kudos on the very um, appropriate name. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So one of the things that I've noticed since I've gotten to know you, right, is you've, you've played a huge role in working with the IDSA. And I have, I have this sort of, point of contact as your title, but I think it's much more than that. I say point of contact mostly because anytime I've reached out to say Andy or Joner, right? They'd be like, oh, Scott's the guy for that, actually. You should talk to Scott, right? Like, and uh, maybe for other things, that's not true, but it seems like you're really taking over and you're really kind of holding it down, so to speak. So a uh, quick question. When did you yeah. first start, I guess, picking up tasks for IDSA and how did this all come to be? Because I imagine it, it was gradual, right? Yeah. How much time you have? <laughs> <laughs> Got um, all the time you need. So it, it, it's quite a long story, but I guess it starts in um, June of 2020. And um, I was, um, we'll talk about it later, but I was starting to promote my first event, which was skate camp. And, um, Andy and Joan are good friends of mine. And I went to Joan one day and I was like, Hey man, like, I'd really like to put out an IDSA email and, and plug my event. Like, is that cool? And he's like, hell yeah, that's cool. Like, and your event looks awesome. Like I'd love to support and, you know, let me help you find event insurance, all this other stuff. But he was like, there's actually no one here to send the email. <laughs> like, I really don't know how to do it. Like that was Callie's thing. And Callie, you know, did, did great work and, and, and filled a lot of roles at some point and kind of decided to, you know, pursue some other things and literally went out to go play in the woods for like a year. And yeah. I hope she's still having a good time doing that. Um, but, you know, it, it left a bit of a vacuum, um, particularly with some of the marketing stuff. Um, so being a marketing guy, you know, immediately I'm like, I can send an email. Like I send marketing emails all day. Like it, it's really no problem. So it started with me getting access to MailChimp and, and sending a, a newsletter. And about at the same time, um, Adam Ornelas, he had volunteered to run the virtual race um, last year. You know, he, he, he really stepped up and um, he had like virtually no help at all. I know Andy, like, you know, helped him with some advisement, showed him web score and stuff like that. But, like, he was more or less on his own. And um, so I also volunteered to help with the communications um, aspect of 
the Tour de Lombard last year. So started doing those things and then little weird things happened, like the website crashed. <laughs> little, little website. things. Uh, who knows how to do that? I guess I know how to do that. So I restored the website. In doing that, realized that our membership data sucked. And, you know, started plugging all the holes in the website and realizing, like, you know, what really needs to happen is we just need a new website. So um, some free time that I had around December ended up just moving us to Shopify, which was kind of already parked. The IDSA had it because they were selling some merch for, like, what was it, the Goose Chase and like right. a few other things. So, like, that, was, that account was already set up and it was being paid for. So, like... I just knew that it would be like easy, frictionless, and I knew that there was a good membership platform app that we can use. So moved everything over there in like December. And then, you know, from there, like some weird things happened that just kind of like got me emotionally involved. So like <laughs> I launched the website and like immediately, like the day of we launched the website, like someone wrote in who, who, who I'm actually cool with now and I feel a little bad about it, but like, he kind of wrote something like, hey, like nice new website, but like, why don't you finish posting the race results from two years ago or something like that? And like, I started realizing that there were like some legit reputational problems and wanted to kind of start fixing them one by one. So that's really how it snowballed, really. And um, just along the way, like started picking up other things. Um, another big one that just kind of got me involved was I think it was like August of last year and Andy and Joner still hadn't sent any of the member gifts, which was the socks. Wow. And like I'm sitting there and I'm like, by the way, like they did, I, I don't, nothing yeah. bad about them. Like, of course not. Like they did all the work, but like they, there came a time that they started to do other things and got burnt out. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm here today. Also, you know, happy to pick up where they left off, but like I'm talking to Andy and I'm like, how do we get these out? And Andy's like, well, you know, I usually get envelopes and I write everyone's names on it. And I'm just like, dude, no, like, you know, <laughs> I, I, in PR agencies, we used to send like tons of mail and stuff like that. So like mm -hmm. I knew how to do it. So went on Amazon, I bought the right size poly bags, I bought the right size labels, you know, printed all the labels out, got the membership data. And like you know, I did it all in an evening and they're like, holy crap, like that would have taken me like, you know, forever. And I would have handwritten. I was just like, all right, yeah. this organization needs some help. Um, I have some time. I, I feel good doing it. So it just snowballed from there. Well, yeah. Like you can, you can clearly see based on what you've just shown and, and anyone who's, who's run any sort of project, right. How much goes into all this and just something as simple as sending out uh, an email, like you need a system for it. If you don't have a system for it, it's going to seem a little more daunting, right? Whereas you, you're an individual who's, like you said, you've done this before, sent out mass emails, you've sent out mass regular mail. So you, you have the system in place, right? You just kind of need to facilitate it like you would any other day. And it's a skill, right? You, you've, you've really used your skills in a great way. And to fill the void that, as you said, Andy and Jonah alone can't do all this. They're, they're doing enough on their own. They've got other things, right? It's mostly a volunteer thing. You have to live your other life, right? Your normal life. And um, it's great that you've you really filled the void. So uh, on behalf of everyone, thank you for that. I've definitely seen the impact myself. I got my gear this year. Really happy with the... Um, 
you, 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 uh, I, I was really happy to bring that to you at Ladiga and personally deliver that. That was, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Dekine hydration pack for anyone who's interested. It's actually really nice. It's got the IDSA patch on it with IDSA colored zipper tags. Really yeah. cool. Um, and it's actually a really great bag. I've used it on hikes and for skating. Yes. So, you know, I guess that was another thing that kind of got me hooked into this role was um, starting to make stuff. So um, one of the things I find particularly fulfilling about this is, um, you know, I, I, I have a pretty steady career job, but like I don't get to do super creative stuff all the time. So um, one of the things I really enjoy is like getting to do like some of the identity stuff and making the sticker packs and it's some of the, you know, creative work and producing the member gifts is, is something that's actually, I think, really important. Like, um, this year was the hats and they came out awesome. Like the feedback was super cool. And like just seeing people wearing them like out on Instagram, out on long rides, like for example, like uh, I'll check Instagram and I'll see like um, Tim 2K out in the Netherlands, like with his trailer, like on his 12th day and he's out in his IDSA hat <sighs> or, um, you know, uh, people out in Singapore, you know, uh, when I showed up to Ladiga, there's like six or seven yeah. people wearing them. <laughs> so like the member gifts and the merch and the clothing, it's like, Yes, we make a little bit of, you know, money on it to, you know, help run the organization. But like, to me, it's like, it's about identity. Like any kind of culture, like has like clothing to support it. So um, mm -hmm. that's part of it. Yeah, that's a cool, that's actually a, an interesting point you just made there. Every, every sport has its own sort of clothing. Every, every activity needs its certain items and the ultra skate T-shirts slash jerseys that they've given out every year have like evolved uh, since the beginning. And I remember one year there were like basketball uh, jersey, yeah. pennies, you know, like jerseys. Right. And they, they were cool. Right. But they were like a little too long. And then they did like, oh, let's try like a soccer type, like a, you know, soccer type jersey. And that one seemed to work pretty well. And then they kind of do like the bike thing. Right. Like once the bike, the G-bomb bike one with the. Yeah. With the with the pockets in the back. That's my favorite. I think that's like the best one they've made. Right. And, uh, it's really cool to see it all evolve. So, and the hat is, is kind of its own thing too, right? It's, it's like its own style and, and everything. So it's a great job. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of actual details in that. Um, from, from the company that we source it from, it's a, it's a Colorado company that does all the hats for the endurance events um like all all the ultra marathons um like tailwind uh sources their hats from them like all these big races and you know there's little design things like it, it's actually you know, meant to be light so you can wear it under your helmet like so i guess the point i'm trying to make is like all the member gifts are going to be something really functional for skating um as long as i'm kind of producing them and that's actually something we're about to start planning for next year because one of the things that i didn't know stepping into this role which kind of got humbled was um we need to have our member gifts produced before ultra so people can bring them back to europe 
Oh, we get killed on shipping fees, and then um, our members, you know, sometimes get taxed on the stuff when they get on, uh, you know, on the way in. So it's, um, it, you know, we're we're going to work on fulfillment for next year, and a big part of that is getting it done by February. So whoever from Europe can just bring over a big suitcase, and you know, that way they can get them in person. Because one of the things that I particularly didn't like was, you know, our members getting taxed and. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, for example, when I first started sending the socks, you know, the socks cost whatever, whatever pair of socks cost, not much. They're costing me $14 to ship Ugh. to certain places. And it's just like, you know, uh, they got to get out. But yeah. so we were, we were kind of in a bad situation last year with that. But, um, you know, working to improve that for sure. That's a big priority. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tease a little bit. Um the, the big gift for this year for um, still working on the membership levels, but is going to be a um, sling bag slash uh, fanny oh, pack nice. from um, a really cool company called Janji. It's actually right here. They sent me one as a sample. So I've been um, testing it quite a bit, but you know, imagine Ooh. kind of something like this. Um, it's, it's a super sweet bag, super functional. Like when you're just like, going for a quick skate. It's not like what you're going to take on a 20 mile trail ride, but this is what you're going to take like to the store real quick, or, you know, could even hold like a water bottle. It's super functional. Um, actually Gavin Conti turned me on to the company, you know, and he's obviously quite a discerning gear snub. Yeah. Been testing this the last few months and pretty much ready to put in the order. And then we'll figure out how to customize them, uh, with a patch and make them cool. Yeah. That's so funny because I was, you're talking about like potential items you can, you know, for gear. And I was like, oh, I'm going to tell him about this idea I have where you get like a sling bag or something. And then you go, this next idea is this like sling bag we're working on. So perfect timing. I think that's exactly the kind of thing uh, people use on a skate race that or on a skate ride rather, where, as you said, it's not too much to bring. It's not a huge pack, but Oftentimes I want to bring my phone for like safety purposes and I don't have a pocket that fits it, but I would rather have just like some sort of fanny pack that wouldn't jostle around and wouldn't be too tight. Right. You got to just find like perfect sweet spot item. And I, I think that one looks pretty sweet. Yeah, and I'm actually moving away from like hydration packs on my back, like unless I'm going out for like two plus hours. You know, and I just take like a refillable bottle or something like that. I, I like to ride with um with these, you know, soft flasks. Yeah, I love I love these things. They collapse into nothing. So those um, are so good. You know, that that I might actually try to get some of those produced um, soon as well. So that's that so cool. Another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you you've got a lot going on, and it's almost like the task is not. It's just getting caught up with all your ideas. It's not so much anymore like at the beginning, it seems like you were cleaning things up, getting them to where they are now. And now you're like really starting to branch out. Is that is that what's going on? I think so. Um, I th- I think most of the stuff is cleaned up, um, you know, but there's still and there's still work to do. Like like one thing that's going to get a lot of attention in the next few weeks even is going to be measurement. So uh, Viola Weinart at Misfits, I mean, she pretty much, you know, it's 
she broke the world record for the marathon, but we're having a problem right now because the course wasn't measured with a wheel. Ooh. Yeah. So no, but I mean, it's no problem because right. it can retroactively be measured. Yeah. So right now I'm figuring out with Leonard Ben Pepple, who's freaking awesome, by the way, yeah. so much knowledge that guy has like about like timing systems, course measurement, all that stuff. We're going to work out a protocol and I actually just purchased what's called a Jones timer or Jones, uh, Jones counter. And mm-hmm. it's like the gold standard in measuring courses attaches to a bicycle wheel so you can like measure like 35 mile courses on a bike you know doing 20 miles an hour and it's like the most accurate thing that's out there oh cool so i actually just purchased one i guess we'll get into it in a little bit but purchased it to measure my own course for my event in november um that's going to be idsa property now any event organizer is going to be able to you know uh, just pay for shipping we'll send that out to them We'll have the protocol. So this way, if someone breaks a world record again, we can immediately verify it. And like, you know, we have our course measured because, you know, of all the things I like doing, the kind of the one thing that I don't like doing is is like dealing with this record stuff. Like people get so testy and Mm. like, I'm not the super detail oriented one that like, you know, cares about the document, but like, I realize how important it is. So like, that's why I'm really happy I, I'm getting help from other people. But like, I realized that that's like another area that like it came up this week that needs to get cleaned up. But sure, just a lot of progress. But like, it's almost like peeling layers of an onion where it's like, you know, once one thing happens, like uh, I realize that there's kind of another thing that get, needs to get sorted out. But like, long story short, I think from you know, where things were last year to now, um, you know, I, I think people realize that there is some effort being put into it. And I really hope that, you know, the, the credibility kind of follows. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to be like presumptuous with this type of stuff. Like, again, it's like the, the aspect that I don't like. I just want to like grow the sport and um, get more people involved and kind of give back what I got. Um, but you know, people take this stuff really seriously. So like, I realize that it needs to be taken seriously. And, and again, I'm just, I'm happy that there are people on the team like Leonard's the Leonard's of the world that like, that is their jam where they're just like, yeah, like, rules process. Like, um, like I didn't even know what the world, um, like he, he knows all like the, the organizations that like set the, metrics for sports like it's just impressive his knowledge so like again glad to have other people to help guide those types of things it takes a community right it takes a village and that's that's just it you got to use all the resources at your disposal and like in regards to spreading the sport having the records up there does does do that you know new people or people coming back see the new records and they get motivated to go like and the fact that it, if it were like curated in this professional way, that would definitely look great. It's not like you guys aren't doing that, right? It's not like the IDSA isn't putting out great stuff. So we should, I don't know, just take note. Like you can't do it all, all at once. Everything takes time and we're moving in the right direction. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess there is a little bit more nuanced stuff going on there. Like, um, particularly, you know, with the marathon record, but, um, 
I will say, I think it's going to all be cleared up very, very soon. Um, and like, maybe this is a good opportunity to kind of segue into skate camp. Yeah. Because I don't want to put any pressure on anyone, but there is going to be a opportunity in the United States to compete in a legit marathon race in November. And this will be timed and measured with the Jones counter? With the Jones counter, exactly. That's what it's coming for. So Awesome. You know, again, that's kind of why it came up this week, all, all the measurement stuff. Sure. Um, but anyway. Um, let's get into skate camp. Let's let's talk about it. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about this in Gavin's episode and in Adam's. But I would like you to just describe real quick what is skate camp and what's it all about. Tell us maybe a little history, whatever you whatever you got. Sure. So like, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll start kind of with the beginning of the story. I, at some point again, like when, when Callie kind of left the scene, she kind of left a little bit of a vacuum and also in, in the skate event realm. And I guess sometime around the pandemic, I started going to less music festivals and more skate trips, uh, you know, with my vacation time. I was very fortunate to go to events like Skate Central Lakes. I did that awesome ride in Idaho. That was a few years ago with all the homies. And then aside from that, I kind of got a little obsessive about kind of researching trails and kind of different routes. And between 2020 and 2022, I took a decent amount of skate trips kind of to organize events, but then also solo ones. Was just really into like finding new rail trails and riding them. I did an awesome ride in New York where I went from New York City to New Paltz. I skated these awesome trails in Wyoming. I, I skated across Connecticut um, on a rail trail. And then I, I started to find these like really awesome routes in Florida too. So like from going around the country and doing these rails trails, like I, I had like reference points as to like what a good trail system is. And then, like, I kind of realized that there was some really good ones in my backyard in Florida, like, you know, two, three hours away from my house. So in December 2020, I found this really good one that I want to skate, which is called East Coast Regional Trail. And that's where Skate Camp was last year and is going to be this year and will be the reoccurring home of Maytown Marathon uh, for years to come. But um, that's kind of Titusville, Florida area. And I went to go up and skate it in December 2020, and I reached out to Justin Bright. I don't know if you know who Justin is. I've heard the name. He's a Florida skater, right? Yeah, so Justin's Florida. He actually, we actually went to the same university, but he's <laughs> like 15 years younger than me. <laughs> um, but um, so, so like, you know, we, we kind of bonded on the Idaho trip. And then um, I think he was also in Minnesota. So, like, we got to skate a lot together before he did a skate across the state of florida like he actually skate camped like um i don't know what the mileage was but like it was like a, like a 15 day trip i think like that and i actually went out and met him and gave him some support when he was out in the middle of the that's swamp. so cool yeah so anyway justin came with me because he, he was preparing for that skate packing trip and he was like yeah i want to test out all my equipment and like you know let's go do it so he met me out there and we did like a, a two day trip. We, we skate packed from one end to the other on the first day, which is like 50 miles or something like that. And we stayed in this like beautiful campground. And when I was there that night, like 
I was like, that trail is just awesome, right? Like, and he's like, yeah, man, like we've done a lot of them together. That one's pretty freaking sweet. So I'm sitting at the, the the campsite with him and I was like, you know what? Like, I think I want to like bring everyone here and do an event. So that was kind of where the idea was conceived. Um, the next day we woke up and had like a good hour on the trail and then we got stuck in the rain for like three hours. Um, she almost got hypothermia. Like it was the point where we were stopped and we were soaking wet. And I just turned to him like, I actually got to start moving again because like my, my hands were starting to shake because I was so cold. But like, you know, it was like 78 degrees and I was like freezing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm really the only freaking idiot that's ever gotten hypothermia in Florida. So like, <laughs> you got to get moving. So anyway, like that, that was the introduction to the trail, right? So once I, I, skated it i was just like okay like how do i make this the coolest skate event that i can so i started like thinking about you know the events that i went to that cali executed and like you know kind of picked things apart and was like you know saw some things that could be done better saw some things that strategically could make the event kind of more successful so like an example of that is like the weekend i picked i, I pick a weekend in november and like the idea behind that is like that's when it starts getting cold where you are, for example. Like sure. I don't think you can go pick up a board and go skate in November kind of comfortably. Um, so no, it will be, but yeah, it will will not be as comfortable. Sure. <laughs> right. So, but like, I guess the point is like some places there's snow on the ground at that point. Um, it's also like a good time in between ultra and kind of you know there's kind of a lull in events there. So like you know, that was the weekend I picked, put a tent pole in it. And then, um, you know, the other thing too, and part of the thinking was why that trail and that location, I mean, first of all, the trail is absolutely incredible. Like it's flat, perfectly paved, like super minimal crossings. Like I think for the marathon route I have, like there's only like two that you might have to like look both ways. Sure. Um, Like for a 13.1 mile stretch and like, it's out in the woods. You see birds of prey. Like, trail is amazing. That's but so aside cool. from that, st- strategically, it's a great place because it's 30 minutes from the Orlando airport. Anyone in the United States, That's incredible. probably the world, get an inexpensive flight to Orlando. You know what I mean? So, um, when designing the event, it was also a lot of thought went into how do I make this as easy as possible for someone to just hop on a flight with their board and a little bit of gear? And, and just show up. So last year, like everything was free. I took care of the campsites. I took care of food. You know, I kind of realized that like to get at a first year event kind of moving, you, you got to kind of got to make an investment. Wow. So you paid for, you paid for all the food and was the camping reservation? Did you have to pay for that? Or? Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Like, um, cause I had to pull like a crazy audible last minute. I think Gavin kind of went into that. Um, but yes, um, I took care of the campsites, also support vehicle, you know, and, and by the way, um, I also did get donations from, you know, um, most of the participants, but like all said and done, I probably spent like thousand dollars and like, you know, got to throw like my fantasy kind of skate event. So like it, it, it was, it was cool, you know, it, and you know, it was great to, you know, not have to charge people to just come. So like, you know, that got the ball rolling. I think there's a lot of good feedback out there. So like, 
again this year i'm just asking for a donation again but like it's it we're, we're really just it's a low cost high value event where you know just get yourself there and kind of like just about everything else is going to be taken care of i guess this year it's a little different because i am asking people to take care of their own campsites um and i'm kind of you know s- slowly kind of easing kind of more financial risk away from myself but absolutely again like it's 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 money well spent like and like you know I, i'm really hoping to I, I guess there's a bigger plan at, at, in play where um i really have this kind of dream to kind of have this events kind of travel company and yeah. um all the events i do is under the banner of what's called i call it fame travel um like you know there's a little facebook page or whatever i don't have a website yet but Ultimately, one day I'd like to, you know, have a few race event kind of franchises, meaning like, you know, reoccurring events every year in a few strategic places. But then I'd really like to get into these kind of vacation skate trip kind of niche travel planning where, you know, maybe I can get 10, 15 people at a time to go skate four countries in Europe or um, (laughs) Australia or like. You know, um, just I read this article recently about these people that were like financial planners and they quit their jobs. And now all they do is organize beer events where they take like 20 beer nuts to Belgium and, and show them all the stuff. And that's what they do for their income now. And like, not that I, you know, think I'll ever make enough money where I can support myself doing this, but like, it's pretty cool that there's people that do stuff like that. So, um, kind of planted the seed a little bit. So, no, that's that's super cool. Like the the thing, the whole concept of your Thane Travel Company is is awesome. I remember Carlos telling me about it first because you sponsored Ladiga. I was like, oh, what is that? Yeah, and, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And your your concept's great. Like, take a group of people, take all of the all the madness out of it, all the confusing parts, iron everything out for them. So all they have to do is show up with a board and camp gear or whatever. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, sports that do that. Like, for example, I know a guy that's really into motorcycles mm-hmm. and he will not ride a motorcycle on the street in Miami, but he does things where like he goes with a tour company that ships a crates of, of motorcycles to Patagonia, Argentina. And, you know, like it's like a whole organized tour. This guy does, you know, a thousand kilometers on his motorcycle and then he goes home to Miami like the next day. Sure. You know, I I think the cart's a little bit before the horse. I think, you know, before that to be sustainable, there needs to be a little bit more interest in the sport. But hopefully that comes together. Yeah. Yeah. I think great, great phrase there. Cart before the horse, but not always the worst thing. And in this case, like when you have the energy to put into it, like might as well just go for it. Uh, content right like adam's content for instance is really good on youtube and it doesn't get the amount of attention it should and that's just because it's a little bit of that same situation the cart before the horse like there's not enough interest or uh exposure knowledge about this for people to even type it into go into youtube how to pump right and it it happens and it's getting attention but you know just a matter of time these things grow exponentially I think so. And, you know, I, I, I like to think I have a little bit of a, a, a role now in trying to grow it. And there, there's there's a lot more in play that like, man, if we had enough time, like there, there, there's there's so much going on with IDSA. But 
Um, maybe we should stick to skate camp for the minute. So yeah. like, and that kind of, you know, one of the things I do want to do is, is promote this event a little bit. So, so like, again, like I, the idea of skate camp is it's designed for you to roll in roll out and just like have an amazing couple days on a great trail system with other great skaters. Um, you know, one of the things that's important to me is that like, there's plenty of mileage because if you're going to get someone to travel, like they want to put some miles on a board, especially if they can't skate in the month, that, you know, wherever they live. Um, so, you know, plenty of miles, but then also it's important to me, um, at my events that there's plenty of time to socialize. Okay. Um, like our sport is such a solo endeavor that like, um, I really think there needs to be more opportunities for people to, you know, uh, like, like Ladiga is a good example. Like the first two days are great, but then the third day, like everyone's just so tired. Like yeah. you can't even like, you know, it's just like food, bed, you're like a robot at that point. So like, um, you know, I, I, in the planning, like I, I want there to be miles. And then this year also there's a race opportunity, but then also, um, opportunities to socialize, chill up, hang out, um, and then also like, you know, another big part of the event too is like, um, there's different routes within kind of the main routes. Like there's a midpoint in just about kind of all the different routes that are planned. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you could come out and do half of it. You could, you know, or, or you could shoot to do 30 miles. So like it's approachable for different skill levels. So like, um, that, that was another thing that was important to me when planning, um, a skate event is that like. It appeals to the Adam Ornelas's that want to break a fucking world record. And then like the people that want to challenge themselves and like dip their toe in the water and like actually get their first kind of taste of a skate event. So that's kind of important to yeah. planning. And that's like another thing that, I, you know, I, I'd like to kind of emphasize for other people that are planning their own events too, um, is to like to get appeal like and to get people to come out to skate it like it's really difficult so if you could appeal to more than just the core skaters that are trying to like you know uh, set a pr or like you know win a race like it, it, like you know that, that that's going to be that's going to help make your event more successful in my opinion it's really funny to hear you say those three things right like how to <laughs> you know because Adam and Gavin said the same exact thing. It was like one was skate camp is really cool because you can go hard or you don't have to go hard. But either way, you're going to challenge yourself because the mileage alone is pretty tough. And then at the end of every day, you're just hanging out with the community, which is the second thing, which is like there's not enough time at events to just hang out and get to know each other. Right. Uh, ultra skate, yeah. for example, you're skating the whole time and then you have to sleep. And by the time you wake up, everyone's left, you know, and beforehand yeah. you're stressing out about getting ready. So like, and then Ladiga, same way. You're just skating most of the time, which is great. It's a lot, a lot of fun, but there's, uh, like the after part, the after math is, it'd be fun to like hang out with each other. And then the third thing you said was mm -hmm. like accessibility. Ultra yeah. skate. <laughs> Not a lot of people hear a 24 hour skateboard in on a speedway and think, oh, I want to do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, whereas it's also hard to get to and and you know, logistics wise, all that stuff. Yeah. Right? So like accessibility alone has its own like triple prong, like three prong thing where it's getting there. How difficult is it? And 
you know, what is, what are you doing? Like, what's, what's the, uh, what's the task? And like with ultra skate, it's not as accessible. Whereas a marathon or a 5k, uh, people will, will go and talk like they'll, they would love to say they skated a marathon, right? Even if it takes them four hours or whatever, sure. you know, it's still a great thing to do. And, and like, it's family friendly, I think is this other like tiny sector that maybe doesn't get addressed enough with skate events. Like sure. how, how approachable is it to bring a whole family to your thing? Like that's how, that's how you really grow a sport and grow sure. a community. Right. Uh, absolutely. Like, and, and I'm glad you're kind of bringing that up because, um, or, or emphasizing that because, you know, one thing that I'd like to encourage people to do more, you know, f- from uh, organizational level, host smaller events. Mm-hmm. Like we need the five Ks we need the 10 Ks. We need the marathons. Like, I'm not sure how many more like, like Ladigas or ultra skate situations we need. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think we need more local regional things, um, you know, that, that, that are, that are more approachable. And then the other thing to that too, is like the smaller, like the easier it is. Like, you know, it's way easier to find a 5k course. And then like another strategy that I'm trying to like, um, work into everything is what they're doing in Europe. Um, I, I call this piggybacking mm-hmm. where there's these other skate events like for, you know, inlining or these other marathon events and they just come in as a category, you know what I mean? Nice. And, and they just, um, you know, it, it's already a, a race that's going on and they're saying, you know, Hey, why don't we just come in on our skateboards and we could be another 20, 30 person category. So um, there's some opportunities I've identified here in the United States. There's an inline race in Duluth, Minnesota um, that they just ran like last weekend. And then there's also um, one uh, that they're doing in Sarasota, Florida in a couple of weeks. A little late to get on that now, but like in, in the next few months when I get into kind of planning phase and get out of the, the Latour de Longboard stuff and executing the virtual re- events, like I will have more time to apply there. So like, yeah, so like if if you see an event like that, like that's a really good opportunity to just, you know, come in with something that's already established. Like it could even just be like a 5k run in your city where they already have the streets shut down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Andy and I like we haven't done it yet, but we we were supposed to do it last year when they had the Miami Marathon, they had the streets shut down and we were going to go out at like 4 in the morning and just skate all the streets cuz like it's shut down anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, the, you know, I think there's opportunities like that where if we're looking at it, we don't have to create an event from scratch. We can kind of just, uh, supplement if you will, or, or again, be, be another category. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, really think the smaller events are important, um, to, to kind of get people more involved. Um, yeah, 100%. I love that marathon idea. I, I know my brother Harrison, Kyle and JJ Cobb for those who, who know who those people are. Um, they went out to the Boston marathon, did the exact thing you were saying. It's a big bike race. They do. I'm pretty sure they, um, or not a bike race. It's just a ride. They roll out. It's all downhill, really chill. And they just got in the, in the group with the cyclist. Like it it wasn't an official event. It was just a thing going on that they were like, Hey, we're going to join. And no one's going to be able to tell us no. Well, Well, check this out. So there's this new cycling league, super cool. It's called National Cycling League, NCL. And what they do is they, they're hosting cycling races in like urban centers. So they did their inaugural race on Miami Beach and they shut down this like mile and a half loop 
on Miami Beach, like right in the middle of the tourist area. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they have a lot of money behind them, so they can do it. But what they did before the actual race was they invited the community out to ride the track. So I went out on the course with like a thousand and six other cyclists, and I was the only one on a skateboard. <laughs> um, but that like gave me the idea, like, you know, when there's other events that we can kind of, it doesn't just have to be for bikes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We can play too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that gets more people into it. People who may not know it exists, right? So. Sure. I mean, you know, one of one of the interesting things about you know ride ride like you, you get a lot of attention like aside from like recumbent bikes like we're we're kind of the weirdest people out there yeah as far as our choice like, of, of transportation so like you know you t- you tend to get a lot of questions like um, I, I was joking like like a year ago like I told like G bomb Mark that he needs to give me some like promo cards or something like that because there there was like a month where I was getting stopped like two times during my ride like hey what is that is that yeah. electric well, like, always oh, is that electric that's such a common question oh, is that electric? and then the, and then the other question is um when you tell them it's like when your legs bigger than the other like, that's the other one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um that's funny so yeah i guess back to to skate camp is there anything else you want to talk about in regards, I guess, to this year and, and sort of break down yeah. what's going to happen. I, I guess, sure. Kind of going over all over the place, but let, let me, let me narrow right. it back to stadium. So like, uh, so last year, right. Last year turned out amazing, but like we, we, we had some adversary adversary. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so I was actually at a conference on behalf of IDSA where um, I was like, Basically, the, the the gist of these conferences are um, it's cities that want to host sports events and then people that host sports events. And it's like you kind of get them together and, and they try to make more sports events babies. Um, so I was there and this hurricane came through like right where I was having the event. Mm-hmm. And I was actually with like the parks and recreation people from Volusia County because they were at this conference. Interesting. So I'm okay. sitting there and I'm like, hey guys, like I'm about to have an event in your county and like like what's going on here? And so like I had it in like to the right person and like was, was in communication with them and like the whole time they were like, listen, it doesn't look good, but like we're gonna let you have your event. Like, don't worry. So, like, I reassured everyone. And then maybe, like, three days before the event, I think it was, like, another storm came through. Wow. And the other storm, what it did was it flooded the lake. So, like, the whole park was underwater. (laughs) And I talked to this guy, and he was like, listen, like, there's water everywhere. There's power lines down. He's like, "I, I can't let you have your event. Like, I know I told you that I would, but, like, I can't. So... That morning, I pretty much told everyone it was canceled. Um, I canceled my event insurance, like all this other stuff. And then I started talking to Andy. And Andy was like, you know, I took the days off. I'm going to go skate anyway. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll go skate with you too. So um, I ended up finding like another campsite. And then I was like, there were a few other people that were like, I still want to skate. Like, I'm not canceling my flight. Like, screw that. So I was like, all right, everyone's still down. So... I found a private campsite like two days before, completely rearranged all the routes, like 
everything. Like 48 hours before the event, I created a home. And like <laughs> to the point where I actually, um, uh, uh, skate camp was canceled. And then I called the second event Titusville contingency group ride because I had canceled my event insurance and I didn't want them to see that I was doing oh, like another yeah. event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 so anyway, people rolled with it. Right. So like a good example of that was like, everyone still came out. Right. Like at least, you know, we had like a good group of like 20 and the first day, you know, we, we get to the trail and, and the first day I'm running support, like in the support vehicle. Right. And I'm at like the, the, the midpoint, which is called Maytown. Mm-hmm. Gavin pulls up first. He's like, Hey man, like there's, there's a big flood there. And like, you like, you can't get through. And I'm like, how'd you get through? And he's like, like, I just, I just walked through it. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, I hope everyone's going to be this cool. And then, like, one by one, I see all these people, like, coming through. And, like, you know, there was probably 200 yards of flooded trail. Sure. Where, like, you had to take shoes off. And there's, like, cool pictures of it where everyone's got their board, like, over their shoulder. And, like, their shoes in one hand. Everyone's just, like, wading through this water. So, anyway, like, the trail was almost perfect (laughs) except for that spot. But, like, I was really worried. I was like, where else is there going to be issues? But... Anyway, wow. like, we had the biggest group. Everyone rolled with it. Like it, it was not the event that I had had planned, but like it almost turned out better than I had planned. So that's the first year. Let's go into kind of what's new for this year, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess last year was the first day was like a five-mile ride to dinner. Everyone had a nice dinner at this spot and then i took everyone home in the skate van i rent like a 30-foot rv for this oh so really shuttle yeah that's <laughs> awesome like um like uh, I, I'll, I'll see pictures like like i was driving a bus with like 18 people geared up to go to the trail it was like oh, awesome that's it right there so my anyway, first day um like did a five mile ride and everyone had dinner Second day, I, I, I supported everyone. So it was like 50-something miles. Um, and then there was actually some trail issues down the road. So like I think most people the first day did like 45 to 50 or something like that, if I remember correctly. Cool. But then um, so, sat, so day two night, ordered big barbecue dinner, had a campfire. You know, everyone's kind of chilling at the campsite. You know, we're having a good time. Uh, woke up Sunday morning. So Sunday is what I call self-supported Sunday. And then the trail actually goes in like a Y. So the first day everyone went um, west. And then the second day everyone goes north and then comes back south, like on an out and back. So the second day I skated and that was about 60 something miles. Um, it rained like the second half. And I'd say like about like half the people finished because some people had to catch flights and stuff like that. but. Anyway, first year, which is all kind of chill group rides, what's going to be different for 2024? So um, this year we have a much, 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 much nicer campsite. So okay. again, I had to call an audible last minute and I got a, a private campsite. They didn't really have like a great bathroom. We didn't have showers. I had to buy like pump showers for people to use. Oh, that's kind um, of fun. Like, <laughs> we were kind of rough in it. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, it, it was... But, but again, everyone rolled with it. It was chill. 
This year, um, we're in a campsite called Manatee Hammocks Park. Um, I actually just stayed there last weekend. Beautiful site right on the water. Great bathroom facilities, showers, all that stuff. The only kind of downside is we're about an hour from the where Maytown is, where, where the, the race is going to start. So we're, we're a little further away. Like We're going to have to shuttle around a little bit more, but everyone's going to be much, much more comfortable. As far as campsites goes, like it, it's really nice and um, it's connected with like really good paths too, so you can skate around inside it. Perfect. Um, you can you can see the space center from basically the campsite. So like if there's something on the launch pad, like you'll definitely see it out there. Um, it, it's nice. So campsite is going to be way improved, and that's if you can get at that site. Actually, let me preface this: like if you're trying to come to skate camp, contact me. If you can't find a site, like we'll, we'll find a way to accommodate you. But like, I am realizing that the the, the campsite is really popular, so it's like it, it, it's going to fill up. It, there's probably less than five campsites left right now. Ten sites for that, that doesn't mean you for that day RV. for for those days. Yeah, um, but there are other opportunities. There are other places to stay. Like you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, don't let that discourage you, but. Anyway, campsite's way nicer. The next kind of major change for this year is going to be the marathon race. Mm -hmm. So we touched on that a little earlier. You know, I really, really realize that there's a huge hole with the events in America where we don't have a marathon race anymore. So I really wanted to provide that. And I happened to notice on this trail system where the midpoint is, Maytown, to this bridge I noticed was 13.1 miles, like on the dot. So it's like perfect, perfect. Like you just bridge, you touch it and you come back. I just did it last weekend twice. I'm going to go out with the Jones counter. It's going to be like official as hell. Oh man, that's actually really neat. Yeah. So like the, the route is perfect. And like, you know, I think we need that. Like for this, like it really sucks that like someone like Adam Ornelas doesn't have an opportunity to like run a race. So like, you know, I wanted to give that opportunity to people to have that kind of, you know, marathon race. So the overall plan for skate camp, like in the future, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to move locations. 2024 is going to be a whole new lo location that I'm scouting right now. There's, there's a few front runners, like, believe it or not, um, like, uh, Gulf Shore, Alabama is, is like one of the front runners. Okay. Yeah. Back um, to Alabama. Yep. Skate, <laughs> skate camps can move, right? Because, you know, I can't bring people to the same location year after year after year after year. That's going to get boring, right? But the Maytown Marathon, which is the marathon moment, that's going to stay, and that's going to stay in Titusville every year. Very cool. Because that, you know, that that's, like, established, right? Like, pe people know it's easy and get out. You know, I think strategically, like, that's, that's going to stay for a long time if I can help it, and I really hope that Every year that gets bigger. Um, you it's know, a great I, idea. I hope that gets, you know, I, I hope that's the next adrenalina. And, you know, I hope we can be a little bit creative and we get it as big as adrenalina without, you know, $15,000 race purses. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I want that to be kind of the premier marathon event in America. And then, you know, skate camp, I wanted to roam around because, again, that that's the, I really want that to be the kind of vacation skate trip kind of model yeah more chill not competitive going to new places getting a local flavor because like 
you know, skating is a big part of it, but like, you know, I want to go visit the kind of the, the local brewery. I want to like, you know, check out the dope barbecue spot. Like, you know, the, there's more to these trips than just, you know, spending six, eight hours on a trail, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And skate camp, like you, you're saying, you can do it anywhere. And that is uh, encouraging for anyone out there who wants to do an event, like run, run a skate Hell camp, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. So you mentioned day two is Maytown Marathon. And then day three is going to be the same as last year. Self-supported Sunday. Self-supported Sunday. So that's like a 60 mile route to New Smyrna and Baps. And that's basically like one whole section of the trail. And, you know, I I guess all the, like I have a Facebook page. I don't have an actual website for this. Like all the information's on Facebook. If you want to find it, I'm sure you can link it. Mm -hmm. I'll link it. You know, unless unless you're you're kind of not paying attention, like you've probably seen me post about it at this point. You know, um, I try not to over promote my stuff and kind of respect people's feeds. So, um, like, I'm not going to cram stuff down people's throat, but like, you know, you, you, you should see kind of the announcements leading up. So, if you want more information, like, you should be able to find it. <laughs> yeah, I like your philosophy here of just sort of setting things up and letting it unfold. It's kind of on everyone else who's going to the event and me, myself, right? Like to promote it for you, right? We're, we're the community and like, we need to blow it up. So other people know how, how big of a deal it is, right? This is, this is legit. This is like, you know, you're taking this very seriously. You've already done it once. You really want to grow, especially the marathon, but even skate camps, like this is it. And even Gavin said like, any event Scott Ziegler runs, you should go to. So you you have a reputation yeah, you know, for, I, for this already. I, I listened to that article. I was blushing a little bit. Um, shout out to Gavin, like big time homie. But like he, he's one of the people I do this for. You know, um, you know he he's he, he's got like more of a serious job than me. Like so, his vacation time is like he has to be very strategic with it. That's like the biggest word of this podcast. I feel like I've used it like 10 times. Um, you know, he needs to be more careful with his vacation time. He can't be like as kind of flippant with his time and trips. So like, sure. you know, to, to organize stuff for like people like him that can just say like, yes, um, I don't have to think about anything. I just have to hop in the car. You know, that, that that's part of it too. Like, um, it's like kind of a field of dreams kind of thing. Like I just want to like build something cool. And like, I, I, I really think, you know, if you do a good job, people will come. All right. So tell us about some of the things people can do to successfully host some of their own events. Okay. So I think that's a pretty good question because, um, that there's, uh, I, I want to see more events, but I want to see them done the right way personally. And, um, I guess I'll preface this by saying like, I'm not some event oracle. I, I don't have a massive amount of experience hosting skate events. Like I have done one good one and, you know, a couple of decent group rides, but I, I think more importantly, I I've been to other people's events and, um, you know, seeing things that I think work and what don't work. And then also, um, I, I've done a lot of events professionally. Um, you know, that was part of my, you know, marketing, you know, real job is, um, doing big event strategies for, you know, beer companies, car companies, that type of stuff. So I I think I have some barometer of, you know, to speak, you know, to this question. So, 
Um, I, I guess I got a couple things. So one thing that I've seen a few times recently within the last kind of two years with skate events in particular is people announcing them really kind of late. And mm. I don't understand exactly why, but, you know, if you give people two months to, to, you know, uh, uh, plan for something like, you, you know, it, it's probably going to hurt in attendance. So I think my recommendation is like to get the event on the calendar, like as early as you possibly can, you know, you don't have to have all the details sorted out. You don't need to have every sponsor agreement, but like just get a Facebook page up there. So everyone knows it's out there. You know, the basic info that, you know, more or less like a save the date. A great example of that is uh, Ralph Mertz in uh, Berlin. Uh, his event, Flam Flaming Runda. Um, I mean, he just announced it like 11 months in advance. And he does that every year. So, like, you know, you don't have any conflicts. And, and you know, people have time to see that on the horizon. And it's also like a good stake in the ground for you to, you know, start for it to start, you know, keeping you on a timeline as well. So, mm -hmm. um, getting an announced and schedule is, 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 you know, early is, is definitely a big one. I think, and I, I do want to, I, I yeah. like that point. I like that you brought that up because I didn't know that about flaming rune runda. Mm -hmm. And that's really impressive. 11 months. It sounds like the event finished and then they just went ahead and planned the next one, which I think is what Carlos was kind of doing with Ladiga. Right. Especially if it's a yearly event, like, mm -hmm. like just, 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 you know, get it out there. Another great example, um, uh, Pierre, um, the, the UK ultra skate. I mean, he, he finished his event. He took a nice long nap. <laughs> he was kind of <laughs> like dormant for a week or two, but then, you know, posted a big announcement, um, you know, that he's already planning the next one. Nice. Um, you know, the date's forthcoming, but it's probably going to be in this month. So like, you know, while you have that momentum and, and people are kind of amped, like, you know, take advantage of that. And, you know, on the other end of that is if you're a new event, like, you know, announce it now for next year or something like that. Like, like plan that far ahead. I think that's only going to help. And I guess one more little caveat is, and one thing I've seen the last like two years, don't hold up your flyer or, or sorry, don't hold up your event announcement because of a flyer design. I don't know why I've seen this like three times where, where people are like, yeah, I'm trying to get it out, but the, but the flyer, and, and it's just like, just get, get it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, worry, worry about the details later. They'll all sort themselves out. So that's a recommendation. Another big one for picking your date really carefully. And um, there's kind of two prongs to that. One is radius and one is timing. So radius is a big thing in like music events. Like if you're a big DJ or something like that and you get booked in Miami, there's probably a clause in that contract that says you can't play within that city, you know, within 400 miles of that city, you know, in this type of venue in this dur duration of time span. And they do that so they don't cannibalize their events. So quick question for you. The term radius for maybe people who might not follow as much is just a way to say like your event, how it conflicts with other events based on time and, and distance, right? Correct. So like, you know, so the way that might play out in our world is there's you're in a state and the state has maybe four legacy events a year. Two of them are within 30 days of each other. It's probably not a good idea to announce your new event you know, the following weekend. 
um, because you're making people make choices. Um, they, not everyone has unlimited resources. They got to take time off of work. They're spending, you know, $100, $150 in gas money, you know, just to get there. So, you know, it, it's good for the other events, but it's also good for your event. Like you, you're, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot a little bit if you're not respecting radius. And I guess the other thing as far as date and timing is like play your geographic region. So like, for example, you don't see me doing many events or, or I won't be doing any events in Florida during the summer because uh, it's just, you know, not the greatest time to do it. <laughs> However, you up in Maine, you should definitely be doing an event because I'm sweating my ass off and I want to get the hell out of my state and I'm looking for an opportunity to skate somewhere awesome. So, you know, if, if, if you just apply some just um, basic kind of strategy to your schedule and, and, you know, how it's playing with other events on the calendar, um, I, I really think that that's kind of another way to set yourself up for success for sure. Nice. So another thing is, um, um, attend other events. Uh, again, that like, that's really a great way to learn and also make relationships, uh, with people that go to these types of things. Um, a lot of this, uh, at least in my experience and with, with my own personal event, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some people from Facebook posts and stuff like that, but it's really like personal relationships. And, you know, I've been out to other events. People have seen me on the track. People have seen me, you know, skated next to me, sweated next to me. So when I come up with something, you know, I, I have these people I can go out to and um, I, I guess there's some kind of credibility there. So I, I would really recommend, you know, attending other events. But then another thing I, I see sometimes, like think about your personal credibility. So like, you know, maybe some of the things that are going on in your personal social media, think about if you're someone that might be booking a flight, spending hundreds of dollars to go to an event using vacation time, you know, they, 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 they might want to see that you're kind of buttoned up and, you know, it might make them feel a little bit like it's a little bit less of a risk, you know, taking a flight, uh, taking vacation time. So mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. Like credibility can come in a lot of ways. It also would be like, how well is the information for your event conveyed to the people? Absolutely. Like, is yeah. it just a wall of text somewhere on the internet or do you have a website, you know, like do mm -hmm. you have a video, do you have this, that something you mentioned UK ultra skate, they, uh, they did pretty well. They have some good footage out there. I'm really excited for next year. Sounds like they're planning it. Like they're building credibility, right? It's a new event and they've already made an impact. So I think, or made an impression rather. Sure. So uh, yeah, and, credibility. And, is and, and that credibility came. So, I mean, that's another part of it that I didn't really discuss is like your, your, every event you have is like, you know, you're, you're getting a scorecard. Like I'm certainly hearing about it. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, so like if you show up late to your own event or um, don't point out some safety things like, you know, that 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 might affect someone's decision to going to one of your 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 next events. So like, again, like, like you said, UK Ultra Skate, like first year event, like a lot of risk to go to something like that. Right. But to, to their credit, it sounds like they really executed a good event. And like the, the feedback from that was great. So like, you know, that's a great example of like getting it done right the first time. And when you do it the second time and third time and fourth time, it's only going to get bigger. Very cool. And attending other events is, is nice. 
it's also about being a member of the community, right? Sure. And, and I think I mentioned this kind of earlier, like, uh, you know, all this stuff, I, I didn't know any of this was possible. I didn't think you can get people out to a trail in the middle of nowhere. Um, but like, you know, I, I kind of took a couple pages from Callie Little's book and, you know, a lot of what I've kind of picked apart and kind of figured out at least how to apply to my own events. Um, you know, a lot of those kind of seeds got kind of germinated there, if you will. in those, those events that weren't mine. Shout out to Callie. Yeah. She's back. She's uh skating, not she's across, I'd say down the country. So. Yeah. She's in Maine right now. Uh, I'm going to skate with her. I'm going to skate with her when she comes through. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, great. So, so I want to talk about promotion a little bit. We're still in a really small scene. So like me personally, like I really try to respect people's feeds. And what that means is like when I do make a communication, it's like, you know, thought out and, um, you know, each, each time you post, you kind of lose attention for another one. You know what I mean? So it's like you have a few chances to get everyone's attention and then like everyone else, every kind of additional one kind of gets diminishing returns. So like, unless you're adding new information or doing stuff like just the, you know, the repetitive posts of, of like Facebook in particular, you know, I think you kind of start to lose people if you're not conscious of that. Like, Yeah. I'm thinking more of like the Instagram social media revolution that's happening right with like everyone's trying to break the algorithm and like that's kind of infiltrating every community right where it's like should i be posting more so that i get my content out more but again what you're saying is like maybe just respect the feed and and that's better in the end sure and and i'll add my own kind of personal experience here there's no shortcuts like (laughs) (laughs) you're you're really not going to break some algorithm um the best thing i can best you know, recommendation I can make is quality over quantity and a bit of an overlap as far as like the social media promotion is. And another thing is the way sponsors came in, come in. First and foremost, I don't think you need sponsors to host a good event. Another place where I think these event hosts should be kind of conscious is like taking on sponsors and then like, you know, the same generic, you know, this sponsor, this, 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 and you know, you have a Facebook page with like, you know, I, I, I would encourage more creative ways of integrating sponsorships. Think of like how to make the content cool. Think about how to integrate products. Don't collect logos on your flyers, like just because look for meaningful sponsors that like kind of are on brand for your event. You know, I think some of the actual skate brands, first of all, they don't want to be crowded on a flyer. And, you know, I, again, I think quality over quantity is kind of a good theme here. So you know, watch out with the social posts and then, you know, watch out with who you're bringing into your event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a really interesting point. Like if you have an event with a ton of sponsors, right. That just say, say it just happens. What's the best way to give them the bang for their buck? You know, like you said, throwing them on a flyer only does so much. Like what is the better option if you don't want to throw up a ton of posts, like individual, individual posts, right? Like, I think right. you're right. You just have to be creative with it. So, so my recommendation there is, it, it, like, again, it's it's the content level. On a post announcing them as sponsors with a logo, like, not so cool. Maybe post 
showing their product out on the trail or where the venue is, you know, is a more meaningful way to do that post. That's a great idea. You can only do that post three or four times before it gets boring. So like maybe you don't have eight or nine sponsors, you know, again, my theme, my, my common theme here is quality over quantity. Sometimes less is more. That's a great, a great idea you have there. You could even combine multiple sponsors in one like video where it's like, you maybe maybe you don't review the products, but you kind of showcase the, like a setup that has a few different products on it. Sure, and like you know, there there are brands in our universe that like um, clearly work together, like mm-hmm. Loaded and Pantheon. Like Riptide just makes bushings; they need the other parts too, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but, but on that point, there are definitely brands that do not want to live together in the same video. Mm. So I, I would be, you know, <laughs> conscious, conscious of that. But like, you know, there's always the prize pools, and there's always you know scavenger hunt type stuff. But like from the brand perspective, I think what the brand wants most is content out of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's been my experience in working for so many different types of brands, you know, not just skate brands. Like I, I think part of the the reason sponsorships happen is, yeah, you want to get an audience, but you always want the content output out, especially in 2024. Give them some badass content and they'll be back next year. Right. And I, I think this is a great point. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but the idea of products being at an event like we're, we're thinking of this from what does the brand want? Right. And that's great. It's definitely re- like relevant and important, but also like, what do the participants want? Like a lot of the people going there aren't going to win first, second, third, right. That's statistically speaking, that's the way it works. So like having something like a raffle scavenger hunt or something like that is really appealing and it, it's fun. You know, it is a great thing to have in an event, but like you're saying, it doesn't do much for the brand necessarily, unless you make some sort of content out of it. Give them something to post later. Yeah. You know, the, the, the person that gets the stuff puts up a review, like they're looking for that long tail. Exactly. You know, and, and me personally, one of the things that I want from a product perspective, out of that, like it's not so much like I want to like win something and take something home. I want to try a bunch of shit. Like I, I like, yeah. try like these before I have to, so like, a really good example of someone hitting the, the trial at events hard is um, Don Sandusky at um, Amboards or, or Subskate. So like the last few ultras he's out there, he's got like a, a cool van that he travels around to different events. And like when he pulls up to events, he, you know, pulls out a bunch of giant boards and poles and, 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 um, you know, and like at Ultra, he did, we didn't do it last year because we didn't have the lights on, but like those the sprint races. So like, you know, th- that's a good example of a meaningful way of getting your product in there where, you know, it, it's good for the brand, good for the participants, add something fun. So like more of that, that stuff's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, a few other basic things like route research and and like knowing your route. So like, I'm not going to take anyone. That's not true. I did do like one group ride in Tampa where, um, or sorry, Sarasota area where I didn't know the trail. Um, but like generally any place I'm hosting anything, um, I've done the trail a couple of times. Um, I know every safety hazard. 
I know where to point out stuff. And like, I guess as an event host, it's kind of your responsibility to know all of that. If you're inviting people out for whatever, I mean, you're the ringleader, you're the, the camp counselor. And like, you know, you, you got to point out that there's a hill here, there's a crossing and like a good way to get all of that out of the way is to have your information before the ride very clear. So like route maps, you know, being clear about um, difficulty levels, so on and so forth. Yeah, I like to start, you know, every ride with a little bit of a safety meeting. Um, I even did like a big virtual one last year before skate camp. And like, yeah, j- j- just get everyone on the, on the same page. Like, make sure they know not to touch the snake on the side of the trail. Like some of the really basic stuff, like there could be wildlife out there. There could be a, um, uh, you know, a in Florida, you never know what kind of people you're going to get. There could be some, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, crazy NRA nut out Make there. Some new that, friends. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, actually another big one on trails, actually, especially like in the South, like, a lot of these trails run up against people's property lines. So like, you know, you can easily be on someone's property if you got your head up your ass and someone might not like that very much. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. uh, route research, knowing your route and, you know, stressing safety is, is kind of very important. So, um, you know, another thing, you know, aside from the route research, like, I make it very clear that I want everyone wearing helmets. Um, it's kind of a big major thing with me. I, I witnessed a very bad head injury about 15 years ago. I hit my head a couple times in the last 24 months. Like, you know, like it, it, it just happens. And I don't want to be the event organizer where someone split their head open at my event. Like it's, it's going to make it really hard to do something again, going back to that credibility issue even if it's not my fault, it's always going to be the event that someone split their head open. So, um, stressing safety, kind of big thing with me and, uh, you know, helmets, the bare minimum, you know, I think if you're in a hilly area, like there's, I don't ride with gloves often, but like would be the whole time wearing gloves, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you just might take one. So like to just lay all that out there for people to know at the end of the day, they're going to make their own choices. You know, you, you can't you know, hold the gun to someone's head and like tell them to wear a helmet. You can, you know, tell them not to come, but then also it's like a, you know, it's a public trail. You, you know, you can't really. So anyway, I, I just try to make it known how much I stress safety. And then I actually like to share stories, you know, where I happened to see this 15 years ago. Like, and, you know, again, I have a close friend who, like he goes to bed every night and he has tinnitus in his ear ringing from falling on a bike with that helmet and he lives with it. So, um, that stuff happens, stress safety, be like an advocate for that. I, I think, you know, those two things, right. The route research safety, right. Yep. They go so far. Not only are you, you know, if you have these sort of virtual meetings or all this information online, it, it gives your participants a sense of security and it also sure. it makes them more invested in the event, right? If they go to your virtual meeting and they're new, now they know people in the community. Now they're maybe more excited than they were before, more less shy, less, you know, deterred sure. from going. And then even if it rains that day, they might still show up. Whereas maybe if it rained, they wouldn't. Right. So like all of these the things point. are just incrementally helping you uh, with the overall goal here at Scott's trying to tell us is, credibility and, you know, 
building your event, making it successful, right? These right. again, these yeah, these are these are Scott's tips for a successful event. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um so all right. So another thing is you know making your events more attractive. And we touched on this kind of earlier, but um, making your events more attractive to kind of different skill levels and different types of skaters. So um, you know, my events again, as an example, I try to plan the routes that are, you know, 20 miles at a time, or there's a five mile route the day before, where there's kind of like different flavors, different levels of extreme, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, where I go up all the way up to like, you know, if you want to go push 80 miles in one day, like, you know, for, for the, for the Gavins and the <laughs> people like brother and you and not so much me these days, but you know, yeah, that's a gallon um, distance for sure. 80 miles. Yeah, ha- Having, you know, especially people are going to travel, like some of them want to put some miles on and then like, you know, you, as an event host, you're always trying to get people new into the funnel. Right. I, I'm talking like a marketing guy, but like, <laughs> um, you, you, you always want people, we're always trying to get new people into the funnel. And like, generally when people get their first taste of this, like they're, they're coming back for more. So sometimes it's like creating a little bit of a, of a easier route, maybe one day, you don't have to change your whole event, but like, you know, think, think about a beginner that might be 50 miles away that might want to do their first skate event, but they're a little nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. So another thing, as far as like just appeal, um, one thing is to kind of remember, like, it's not all about skating. We're in a kind of isolated sport a little bit. So like the opportunities to socialize are kind of few and far between. So like, you know, if you're hosting a one day race where everyone's out on the track all day, we're missing an opportunity there for like people to congregate after or, um, so I, I guess just like think about like, you know, the socialization aspect. And then also think about like maybe some other activities that are kind of local to your area. So like, you know, maybe there's a cool brewery to have like an award ceremony, like your event is in Texas. So like maybe people want to get some awesome barbecue or something like that. So like, you know, maybe think about at least from like, you know, looking for people to travel, maybe think of like, you know, what the local tourism board does a little bit, you know, like, um, sure. And, and, and also think about, um, you know, make it easy for people to find places to stay, like call the local hotel, like maybe try to get a route, trying to make it appealing. And, and also like at the same time, like kind of convenient and a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Like adding a second element to the event, which we've kind of talked about this a little bit throughout the cast where it's like, Ultra skate is this huge event. Ladiga, huge event, not a lot of time to socialize. Whereas if there are more events that were smaller and had this second focus on, yeah, after this, we're going to go to the beach, you know, or whatever. After this, we're going to go hang out here and, and do a little after party, yeah. right? Like, it's and, cool. And, and a lot of that's actually dependent on your course. Like, I, I'm really pushing for like marathon type distances because you can wrap that up in like, you know, two hours and then like, do something i mean you can even do a, a sprint race like actually i'd love to see some multi-formats like yeah. like um i have this idea hopefully i can execute it in the next like year or so but um i'd love like a marathon sprint and then like a um you know paddle skate pole race oh cool 
and like you can almost compete in it like a, like a little like Olympics and you can do all three in one day or you can just do like one and like sit and chill and and, and you know something like that can be done in you know three and a half four hours and then like you know have a fun award ceremony barbecue you know that type of thing so like i think that could be a good kind of format if anyone's listening for ideas i had this really fun idea once that was i called it the skate tathlon yeah and it was like back when i mean it's sliding and downhill is still big you know but there were a lot more events that were like hybrid events where kind of like you said and you know you'd have a slide jam then you'd have maybe a downhill race maybe a game of skate, right? Street skateboarding and then like a push race, right? Like, and I, I thought that would be really cool if you could enter all of them and like rack up points throughout the weekend and have a little series out of it. That That's, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always easy to add a push race to, to all sorts of things. Like I'd love to see, to, to, to what you're saying, I'd love to see more, you know, insertions, if you will, like into like, I really think dance events and, and, oh, and, yeah. um, and LDP like a push race can live together and like be like a cool co-promoted thing. So, so, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, that all goes to just, I guess the, if you're going to put a, a, a title on this bullet, it's going to be broadening your appeal. Nice. So, you know, talked about a lot of things, but like, um, one thing like if you're thinking about starting an event and like, you're really serious about it. I, my, my recommendation would be to kind of plan and think in a three-year arc, at least first year events are always going to be tough. Yeah. Like they're, they're your ass. And like, unless like all the stars align, like, like you might not want to do it again, but like the first year you got to get out of the way, you got to get the ball rolling. And then like, if you do your job right, the second year is going to be easier. And then like the third year is going to be rocking. So like, Another good example, like, again, I think Pierre, UK Ultrascape, like, I don't think that's going anywhere, just from the kind of level of organization, and, like, this guy's kind of checking the box. Yeah. And so, you know, you know think, think over three years, don't think you're going to be successful right out of the gate, and then, like, you're, you're kind of always going to, you know, improve a little bit. So, and then, like, again, I guess, look, go back full circle. Like every time you're creating more credibility, every time you're, you're learning stuff from the one before, every time you're getting more people on board, you know, every kind of rotation gets a little bit bigger. So think, think, think a little longer term if you can. Mm -hmm. I think also like sharing your idea with people, right. is kind of along those same lines where it's like, it, it might be a year out or whatever, but talk to people about it, like especially locally in the area. You never know who, who would offer their help. Like, yeah. I'm trying to run an event next year. I should announce it like you're saying. I should already be getting this out there. And I'm talking to people about it, but I need to make an announcement. And I talked to, um, you know, my massage therapist and she's like, oh, I would love to go there and, and I'll have my friends come. We'll, we'll set up booths. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, you want to do that? So like, you never know, you know, just talk to people about it. You never know who's going to offer their help. You never know what kind of ideas you'll get and it just can't hurt. Right. By the way, that's, that's a great way to bring a sponsor in, bring in a massage sponsor, a massage therapy sponsor that will actually give massages. Yeah. Like that's, that's a product integration. If I've ever seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, so to wrap this up, right. Like, you have all these dogs in a row. I mean, even if you don't, <laughs> again, like you take this with a grain of salt. Again, I don't really 
know what the hell I'm talking about at all. Um, <laughs> That's not true. But, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you have all these kind of things together and you'd like to get a little extra support, you can contact us at Skate IDSA and uh, we do give event support. So there's kind of two levels of event support. Um, one is like a simple event approval. Mm-hmm. And what this means is, you know, we'll prove your event. You can use IDSA logos in the, the promotion. We'll add it to our calendar. We'll give it social media promotional support, you know, post here or there. Um, so, so that's that's available to you as an event host to, to get a little kind of extra awareness. But like to get that, like it's pretty simple. Just we do require like a one pager kind of submission with all the relevant details. So sure. You know, that this means, um, you know, your date, your course map, basic description, you know, maybe include a little safety section, um, you know, just so we know that everything's up to par. And, you know, this has to be written out. No messages on Facebook, no voice notes. We need a clear, concise document. Voice notes. Next is event sanctioning. So this is a little bit... Um, more involved because this means that um, your event will actually be included in our point system. So point system just kind of got back on track in Europe. Um, They did six events this year. Marathon distances, Flaming Rundo is in there, UK Ultra Skate. So like, you know, nice little, you know, diverse kind of package of events. Uh, In 2024, we're going to be following suit in the United States. We're just kind of, you know, finishing up a a few things there kind of before we announce that. But for sanctioning, same thing is required where you got to communicate with us, put in an event plan with, um, you know, a um, one pager. And then, you know, another thing, we're going to look at your event a little bit deeper in um, regards to certain things like measurement. I think we talked about that a little bit also, but, you know, we owe it to the athletes that are coming out to these events that are doing things like potentially breaking world records to have things official. So course measurement protocol is going to be big in event sanctioning um, in 2024, where, you know, we're going to you know, have courses measured, you know, look at timing systems a little bit um, more in depth. And, you know, that that's what event sanctioning is. And um, the sanctioning, again, is just a little bit more strict, still, you know, available to anyone, but, we're, you know, we're going to take a little bit harder look at, you know, your course and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, like event hosts, get in touch with us. I mean, you can also get in touch with us at the idea phase. We're, you know, we're happy to be used as like a sounding board, but like, again, um, you know, try to have the concise summary, um, you know, one pager of like what you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, that, that can help us help you. Yeah. It helps to be prepared, right? It's just a matter of when you're going to request someone's help, make sure you have information that's like easily digestible and like retrievable, right? You're saying like no side, no, no voice notes, we want something somewhat tangible, like a one page document that explains everything. Yeah. Just, you know, spend half an hour, put your thoughts on a piece of paper. And and that way I can spend a lot less time trying to figure out what you're trying to do. Yeah. You don't need perfect grammar. No. Um, Okay. But uh, that's actually a really good segue. Um, You know, 
just um, into help. So, so yeah, I guess how can people, if they're, if they're interested in helping the IDSA in any way, maybe they have some spare time. Are there like, yeah. you know, levels to this? What, what, what can you, what can you offer them? So, so yeah. So um, looking for a help on a few different levels. Um, so this year, I ended up taking on a bunch of things, but really this year want to find more ways to get more people involved who continue to really help improve the quality of what we're providing to members, like on our experience level. Yeah, there's only so much that like a couple people can do from the United States, only so much that one dude can do from Miami. So like there's actually going to be a few invitations extended very soon to board members that would be in Asia and Europe and maybe one more in the United States. So like, you know, that's more like an, an invite kind of um, situation where, you know, we're, we're very familiar with you. You've probably been a member for a few years. You know, we, we, we've met you at events. We've worked with you with, with some capacity and we know that kind of the, the, the missions aligned, but mm-hmm. Um, are looking for kind of volunteers to help, you know, um, with other kind of areas, particularly the virtual events for next year. So like if you, you know, really want to help somewhere and get involved and, you know, potentially become a board member someday, like I I think the best place to get started would be to help with the the virtual event kind of execution. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think I made it seem a lot more stressful than it is, but it, it, it's it's stressful because it's like it takes a team to do it. You know, with with a little bit more personnel, like three or four people, like I, I just I think it's going to run like clockwork. A lot of the stress is going to be taken out of it. So if anyone wants to volunteer, there will be kind of a submission kind of process that I'll make available soon. Where um, would love like three or four people to help with review team next year. So, so it is kind of more like a team and, and we get things out faster and uh, because virtual events aren't going anywhere. They're really engaging. It's been kind of great for everyone. And, you know, it, it, it just, it takes a lot to execute them. And um, a few initiatives definitely took a back seat in the last few months to, um, because, because a lot of my time resources had to go into these things. So things will keep a lot more momentum if, if, you know, just get a few more people to help there. So, and that's like, uh, just looking at people's submissions and double checking them, making sure they're legit Ans- kind of thing. Right. Answering questions quickly. You know, there is the actual review, a couple hundred or, you know, at least a hundred plus submissions come in for each of these stages. Right, 100, 150. And a lot of them come kind of right at the end of the deadline. So, you know, the, 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 to get them out quickly, like, it, it, I kind of set my schedule around because I know that they're coming and stuff like that. But, like, if there was just a few more people checking them, great. But then also, like, a, a ton of questions come in. Like, and then, like, one of the things that really kind of burnt me out was, like, set up an email address, like put it out and then like I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a message on my personal Facebook, my personal Instagram, IDSA's Facebook, IDSA's Instagram. And then there would be a question on the contact form. <laughs> like a whole other, like, and, and so, you know, I, I think that'll work itself out where, where 
Um, you know, I was, I was really trying to stick that point because like, you know, that, that address, that's like the quick customer service address. You can't just call Delta. Like you have to call the Delta person that fixes things for you. So like, you know, right now it's one person fixing everything, but like the, the, the vision is to have more of a team. So, um, Please, please help out there. Yeah, <laughs> use the uh, the IDSA email when yeah, contact. Correct, and, and 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 become part of the review team. It will be a very rewarding experience. I promise. Through all this, through all the stress of Latour de Lombard, I mean, there's been. I, I, I'm not going to spill the beans because they're going to come out in the broadcast. But like, there's some really cool stories where it's like, you know, that that's why we do this. So. Mm-hmm. You will find it fulfilling, I promise. Awesome. And actually, fulfillment is a great segue. Um, so I actually do think I got some help in Europe for fulfillment. So that's going to be awesome. Um, and what does that mean exactly? So that's all the member gifts and stuff like that. So, um, for example, like, you know, our hats cost a certain amount. Our, our, our hats cost to almost as much to ship to Europe as they do to produce. So like uh, from, from, we want to be profitable, right? But not like profitable, like we're, we're, we're like taking people's money out of their pocket. We're, we we want some money left over from all the activities we do to invest into more activities to make more activities. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, so um, one of the things that we've just been getting our ass kicked on is shipping. So um, the plan is for this year is to have everything produced before Ultrascape. So some people can bring it back to Europe, like a, a nice suitcase full of the stuff. You know, our shipping costs will go down like to 30%. You know, that that's certainly, um, you know, some help. I'll probably continue doing the sticker bags because I actually find them, um, I, I find it relaxing. <laughs> so like, I don't know if anyone's got a red sticker pack um, envelope, but like I've personally packed every single one of those. That's awesome. And like after a long day of dealing with clients, like it's kind of fun. It's kind of like I used to build Legos. Like it's just like mindless and yeah. um, <laughs> like three stickers on it and an envelope stamp. And so anyway, that's, that's the fulfillment end. And I think we're pretty good on that. So sounds like you have a system for, for this. Oh show. yeah. <laughs> a super system. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, what else? Um, oh, so we're actually, man, a week ago we were looking for them, but I think we found them. So actually a big, um, uh, initiative for next year is actually bringing back, um, some pump track racing. So, um, I don't do that. If you know me, um, I'm, I'm kind of a little risk adverse. Um, and, um, I, I, I'm not at the level where I'm riding pump tracks. Um, so um, we we need some someone to kind of execute on that end. So I think we found the person. I'm not going to announce who it is yet, but um, that's an area where where we're looking for help. But I think we awesome. got it. Pump tracks are really fun. They're they're appearing. There's more of them than there were years before. So I can imagine. Absolutely. And, and, um, so for example, like Jonah and I are going to a conference next week where it's all, um, like city, city visitor and convention board or like tourism boards and event hosts. And the whole premise of the conference is to get these event hosts and these cities so they can make event babies. You know, we, we don't always have, 
something to talk about with people on the long distance end, meaning cities, like not every city has a big trail system or something like that. So in talking to the cities, we realize that we need kind of more flavors, if you will, you know, a lot, like you said, a lot of cities have pump tracks now. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of another way we can start working with these areas and, and start getting presence in places where we weren't before. So speaking of that, so another area of, um, I wouldn't say this isn't where I'm looking for help, but I'm looking to start discussions with people. Um, Anyone that runs a college campus club related to skateboarding or people that are interested in starting one. um, We're we're rolling out some things for spring. We already have some uh, pilot clubs on board. Really excited about that. But like one end of it is going to be helping these established um, college clubs, but then the other end is going to be helping people that want to start these clubs. You know, college clubs have like so many resources that I didn't know about. Like I just sat on my ass in college, but <laughs> this, like I, I might've, you know, done some cooler stuff, but like there's all this grant money that clubs can unlock to travel and, and go visit other schools to compete. So, you know, that's an area where we're definitely going to, and we need some help on the ground. And then I just, a few more areas, um, just content in general. Like if there were a few good members that wanted to contribute some content, like that would be awesome. Like maybe you're another marketer like me, like you have journalism experience and some extra time, um, you know, would love some people that wanted to, um, you know, help with some, what of a content schedule. And then, um, is that sort of something like you have these articles about, products right would it be like if someone wanted to write articles about like event coverage or something like that would that also fly yeah so exactly like like event coverage would be you know fantastic so like for example like i'd love to do more with event recaps you know we've done a couple but like more in depth from like people that are actually there and obviously you know um, one person can't travel to all of them so like yeah and then even like just you know highlighting like local like skate routes like if if we can come up with some sort of a formula where it's like one of the things i've done throughout my whole career especially with content is if you just come up with a theme and it's repeatable like it just gets super super easy so like you call it something like you know our trail of the month or something like that you know and then like people can just submit their trail of the month and then (laughs) it can just be like a google form where it's like Tell us why. Tell us this is add like six or seven pictures. And then like, you know, we're, we're getting these kind of nice um, uh, pieces of content, like showing people where they might want to like find an awesome route. Um, That's a great so. idea. Trail of the month. You would build such a nice database of skatable trails too, even the ones that don't make the cut. It's like... And there's so much stuff I want to do with like database stuff. Like um, I want to get like a you know, uh, the local like group ride kind of thing. Like th- th- there's so much with content that, um, we would love to get done. And some extra, like, like I want like three or four ideas, like we were just talking about. And then like maybe three or four volunteers. I want to help with that stuff. So like, um, get at me if that's your thing. Yeah. There's plenty of ideas out here. Like if you're the type of person who maybe just feels like they want to take action and, Needs an idea. We, we've, Scott's got ideas for you. <laughs> That's what I do. 
Um, so, you know, j- just, you know, another area where we have, I, I actually do currently have a design intern, um, Ooh. shout out to Simon's, uh, sneer. Um, that's cool. He, man, he, he's awesome. Uh, he's been creating, um, kind of like sticker packs for next year. Um, like I have him working on a big RFP, which is like a document that we're submitting to all these cities that we meet at this conference next week. So like, you know, that, that's been another fulfilling thing, like getting to give kind of a young person, um, some, you know, fun experience. Um, so, you know, if, if you're like a, um, you know, someone maybe like you're a journalism student or you do video, um, maybe like social media is your thing, you know, might be an opportunity to have like one more intern. So that could be a possibility. Um, nice. another place you need help. And then, I guess the last kind of area, and, and this this is the one that everyone can do. Um, you don't have to be involved with us. You don't even have to like us. You you, you <laughs> can just be into skateboarding and just um, do your part to organize on a local level. Um, like uh, again, there's only so much that like one dude in Miami can do. There's only so much that like a few board members around the world can do seeing some awesome stuff start to happen on a local level like uh the social push chapters are like a really great example so like uh shout out to lake in new york Corey uh out in ohio and then earl in like the philly area like all that stuff is like to some level like more important than what we're doing so absolutely get, get your local areas moving and uh talk to us and we'll do something <laughs> Yeah, the social push, they do really well with the amount of people they get to come out. And I remember talking to Titus about this once, and he's like, every city could do a social push. And at the time, I was like, "Ah, I don't know, Portland, Maine's kind of like, but you could definitely do it. Like, um, you know, you just got to start. It's it's the only way to really get it going and like know the the appeal of of your thing. It, It might not be like, like you might pick a city and it might end up being the whole state, you know, just because of how small the population sure. is. Right. I mean, yeah. Like an area like yours perhaps, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I'd say that works kind of better on, you know, kind of a, when you're in an urban environment, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, again, I, I think just the, the idea is like, you know, doing, like a monthly group, like, I mean, that's an easy way to start, like start there, like um, just, just figure out who's in your city. And, and I got to say, that's something I feel a little hypocritical because like I'm doing all these other things, but like I haven't done much to help anything kind of here in Miami. And like, um, you know, I, I might listen to this later and uh, you know, start thinking about some ways that I could contribute locally because um it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've only got so much time, right? But you're doing all this stuff with the IDSA with it's hard. It's hard to make time for everything. So I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it. (laughs) No, no, no. But, um, you know, I think part of what I'm trying to do is trying to be a good example. Um, Mm -hmm. so especially with, you know, events and stuff like that. So, um, I guess my 13th point on all those bullets is don't forget about, local stuff <laughs> yeah don't forget the locals you have 
brand spotlights, right, on, on the IDSA.org. There's a ton of them, or there, there's a handful of them, at least. One on yeah. uh, BOA wheels. There's a loaded one. Uh, Jeff's is the latest one with the Karma. That's yes. Oh, man, Jeff's is awesome. He spent a lot of time and thought into his, and I was really happy to give him a platform to talk about some things that's going on with this company. Um, so, but like, you know, the brand spotlights actually came out of the brand membership program. And I don't know if everyone knows this, but we actually have a brand tier membership. And if you look on the IDSA website, we have a brand partner section. And um, so that actually came about from one of the brands that wanted to get involved more with the IDSA. They wanted to um, get involved in, in, in some ultra skate rules and some other stuff. And we were like, hey, like we love that you want to get more involved, but if we're going to do this, we have to actually let all the other brands get involved too. Um, so the answer to that, which was you know, a very simple brand membership program. So, um, you know, they, they all pay membership dues. Um, it, it, it comes out to about maybe 10 memberships or something like that. And for that, they get a few things. Um, the main thing is they get, um, actually free memberships. So, um, any of the brand partners, they have their own dedicating landing page. Um, where anyone that is a new member of IDSA can get a basic membership for the first year for free. Oh, nice. Um, so um, that, that's, that's been driving a lot of our growth this year, which has been awesome. Um, we went from about 150 members last year to we're over 550 now. Wow. Um, and a good portion of that is from Singapore, Asia, uh, Taiwan, China, but then also this brand membership program is really driving a lot of it. So, for example, um, loaded, like I, I sent them cards with QR codes. Every loaded order goes out with an IDSA card, which was like one of my, you know, better achievements. That's incredible. So um, whenever you order a product from loaded, now there's a, hey, check out the IDSA link, basically. QR code. It has a QR code, go straight to their page, sign up. Um, and we're getting members from all over the world from that. Like we're in, we, we, we got a member in in puerto rico now panama israel united united arab emirates um where else just about everywhere in europe i can't think of a european country except iceland that we're not in um georgia the country um i mean like it, it, it's it, it's it's kind of going everywhere and it's super cool so like you know i'll see how successful it is kind of next year because you know, the, the success metric will be how many of the free memberships actually turn into kind of paid members at the end of the year. But I mean, it, it's, it's been great for awareness for us. And it's been a great way to um, give something of value to the brands that they can give to their customers. Other parts of the brand membership program, um, we're actually doing a couple of roundtable meetings a year. Where we're actually getting, you know, everyone on the phone to talk about what the IDSA is doing, what we can do things that are important to them. Um, so that's super cool just to get them all on the phone. Yeah. yeah that really hasn't been um, done before. But, you know, another thing that we throw in there, and that's me as the marketing guy, is everyone gets their own dedicated promotional month. And what comes with that is those spotlight features. So um, the way they generally work is I create some interview questions. They get back to me. I try to make it pretty with videos and, and pictures 
And then whatever they kind of got new coming down the pipe, we tried to um, add a kind of promo giveaway. So that's kind of been, you know, where the brand spotlights came from. And I mean, man, it's been fun putting those out. Like some of the, some, like all of them, um, Don Tashman, Jeff, Dan from Seismic, Jeremy from BOA, and Kevin Mock from Thane Life. I think that's all we've done to now. Like, all put a lot of time into their answers, and I tried to put um, equal amount of energy into their pieces. So I hope they're happy with them. Yeah, they're very well done. And I I was re- checking them out earlier, like going over them again, and I was like, damn, I wish, like, we all read more, you know, <laughs> like, like th- that's like the thing, you know, we need to get back to doing. And uh, my partner might be listening to this and she'll be like, you don't read, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm the last person who should be preaching about this. But like, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's an awesome way to get information and to absorb it. And the way you've done it is easy to read. It's easy to digest. And it's it's actually the best way to, you know, to get that information is, is to take your time with it rather than, you know, having someone feed it to you really just absorb it and, and learn a thing or two. Well, and to be frank, I mean, that whole format is to make it as easy as possible for me. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like I, I I am like, I do know how to edit. I do know video editing and and like, I, I, but like, this is as easy as me as I just send the list of questions. Like I can, the brand partners put a lot more time into what they give to me than like mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's again, it's high, it's high value, but like low, um, like low resource, like time investment for me. Like I I put those things up in like an hour. Um, and right. like, and, and I mean, I think they're pretty good too. Uh, I appreciate that you like them too. I think, um, I, I think, uh, a lot of other people are enjoying the stories out there. Um, because like no one's really making the content. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that was another hole that I definitely wanted to fill at the beginning of this. Like I made the website and I was like, all right, now what the hell goes on the website? Let's come up with some easy, repeatable content formats. And this is one of them. Um, the other one is the interviews with the event host. Um, I don't like, I'm sure you read the one with Carlos from Ladiga, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to Ralph Mertz. I actually just sent questions to, um, uh, John Fisher today in Texas. Um, oh, yeah. He's got that rock rock race that I'm really trying. I, I think the community needs to support more. You're running 10 years, believe it or not. You know, a, a good, not only is, you know, the, the spotlight's a good word, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we shine the spotlight on the brand partners, but we're trying to shine the spotlight on like other people doing like cool shit in the community, people doing events. So like, um, yeah, the, the kind of interview format's going to stay because it's easy for me and it, it produces some good stories, um, pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's a great format. Like, uh, videos are, are tough, right? Even with this podcast, I, I like to put a video for the YouTube and I've been realizing like, I really can't put that much energy into it. I have to just do like a slideshow for the YouTube because it's all, you know, what I'm trying to deliver here is the audio and the conversation. I can't really focus on all that right now. Maybe eventually, right? Slowly branch out. Like I'm sure you're thinking like, I'm not just going to do interviews only, right? There's potential for other stuff. You have like, uh, I mean, event interviews are a little different, but you know, there's, 
there's a lot of room there for content creation, but the system you have is is perfect for just getting that exponential growth and it's permanent, right? The the articles are always there. You can always go back to them and scan them for the information you might need. So really good resource. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and I really enjoy doing them of all the kind of duties. Like it's one of the things I enjoy the most is um some of the content that I've gotten to make. Um what else? You know, there, there's one more thing I want to bring up that's kind of um IDSA related and something that's gonna be probably out by the time this comes out. Um we are bringing back the USA points system. Ooh. Um and um, similar to what Europe's done, like, you know, we, we had a break with events because of the COVID, but like things are back. So um, I need to just talk to some of the event directors, but, you know, we have Ultra, we have Ladigo, we're going to have my marathon. There's a couple of other things that are um, starting to bubble up. And like, I think we're going to have at least a four race series that you can participate in in 2024. So, hey, there's... Um, Gonna be a five uh, k ten k up here in Maine. Some guy's gonna be throwing. I don't know who this crazy dude is, but oh, he'll yeah. be reaching out to you soon. <laughs> sounds 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 promising. Um, yeah. man, I haven't been up to Maine since I was a kid, so I'd love for an excuse to get up. Yeah, dude. We uh, you know, my parents are are on the case. They they're local. They know a lot of the local authorities here. So I'm in the works of trying to put together an event for the fall, 2024. Early fall in Maine is actually really nice and quiet. It's really busy in the summer. So yeah, that's the plan. And that, that I'm hoping to get that one on your, on your series there. Perfect. So like if anyone's listening, um, like, you know, there, there is approach us with your ideas. Um, we, we, we want to help. Um, but, but, we want you to be organized, please. Yeah. Like, um, it's important to make the distinction between what you are, uh, what the IDSA is. It's not an event planning uh, company. It is an, an association that will help govern your skateboard event. It's not going to plan it for you, right? Is that is that the idea? Well, sure. Well, I, I think that's a good kind of audio snippet for you to have, actually, is like, at least in my perspective, what the IDSA is and what it's for, right? And so, so there, there's a few different prongs, right? And the, 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 the main, prong, or one of the main prongs is the structure, right? So that's the, the rules, the, the safety protocol, the um, event formats, and like, you know, that, that kind of gets rounded out into like what sanctioning is, right? Mm -hmm. The other part of what the IDSA does is, is engages and, and builds the sport, right? So like all the Latour to Longboard stuff, you know, all, all what we're doing with the brand sponsorship programs, the content, you know, that's all just like feeding the machine. But like, you know, the, the rules and the governance is like kind of the, the you know, the, the main part of the machinery, right? Sure. Because like it, it, it's, there, there does need to be some structure for people's safety, for people to have a legitimate, credible, competitive framework. So like, you know, that, that's kind of the two kind of spheres if, you know, yeah. from my. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're throwing an event, don't be discouraged, just be prepared.
Yeah. So you did mention uh, one of the questions I like to ask people before they leave is where will we see you next? And you said you're trying to get to John Fisher's Rock Around the Rock event in Texas, uh, Dallas, right? Is it Dallas? Yeah. Um, Yes, that's the Dallas area. Let me get the date. Yeah, it's October 28th. And man, I don't know. So... I'm going to I'm going to Europe and actually North Africa um, to Tunisia nice. the sixth through the twenty second. His event's the twenty eighth. It's going to be really tough. I really want to try to do it. We'll see. I'll probably be in terrible shape and I'll be slow shit, but um, you know I'll, I I am going to try to make that one because it's one that I haven't been to and I really want to support John Fisher and um, get some more awareness on that event. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be in Ultra Skate uh, for my fifth year. I've been getting a little bit more involved with the marketing and helping them out with some assorted things. So you'll will definitely see me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm considering organizing like a little after skate event for Ultra Skate. So maybe there'll be like a little um, Miami Beach type thing going on. Right, and then. I'd really like to make it out to Europe next summer. Um, been seeing them out this summer and uh, been getting a little FOMO watching them. So um, would love to be back in Europe next summer. So um, hopefully you'll see me a few places soon. <laughs> Isn't there the, the Flaming Rune, doesn't that go through like a town or something? It goes through a bunch of towns. Yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a big big loop that's like 90 kilometers or something like that and it goes like all through this like farm countryside and then goes like through these multiple kind of little like picturesque towns i i wrote the article about it which you should definitely check out but like one of the most unique things about that race is you actually you have to navigate by watch like you'll get lost out there and like you load the the, the file to your watch and like, if you make a wrong turn, your watch will start beeping and it'll be like, turn around and there'll be like little arrows. And it's the only race I've ever had to do that. And like the navigation component, super cool. And just the, the European skaters are awesome. Like they're so hospitable and welcoming. So I want to get back out there for sure. Yeah. That sounds like fun. All right. Uh, so lastly, is there any, any social media you want to plug? Anything we should get out there? I mean, the only thing I want to plug is like, um, you know, consider supporting the IDSA. Um, you know, if you're, me- if you're not a member already, please become a member. If you are a member, consider going to a higher tier. If your grandmother dies and you get a giant inheritance and you don't know what to do with it, like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe give us a little chunk. Um, <laughs> if you win the lottery, you know, all those situations, like we're, 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 we're ready. Like we're, we're <laughs> um, but like in in all seriousness, like I, I guess you know, while I have this opportunity, I just want to like thank a lot of the people that have like kind of helped me on this journey. Um, so like everyone on the advisory board, so like IDSA like has um, board members like in Europe, and and we're we're going to be kind of expanding. But like there's people like Ralph Mertz, Hoger, Leonard, um, of course, Andy and Joner. Just want to thank them like for trusting me. Um, mm-hmm. and then like, there's other people like, uh, the Cali littles that planted a bunch of seeds in my brain to, you know, 
maybe uh, inspired me to do some events. And then like good homies like Miles Kipper, Gavin, who like I use as a sounding board a lot. And then I guess just one more time, like Andy, he helped me set up my first bracket board. He showed me nutrition, shared me training tips. A lot of people contributed. So I just want to thank all of them. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for your contributions. Like we've talked about here, you're really holding it down in the idea say, I don't know what would have happened if, if you didn't come along and where things would be, you know, um, but fine. yeah, obviously it'd be <laughs> fine, but it, it shows the work you've done shows. And that's not a slight against anyone who works any, you know, Jonah or Andy or anyone at the idea say like, everyone's doing a great job. Everyone's playing their part and you're one of those. So thank you for, for doing that and for really stepping up, honestly. And of course, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Well, I appreciate all that. Like, thanks for having me. Like, I really appreciate the opportunity to like explain a little bit where I'm coming from, you know, mm -hmm. I think some people were curious and like, I can't do an interview of myself. Um, so you know, there aren't, the opportunities are few and far between. So like, I will admit I was a little like skeptical to do this, but I thought, thought it was important and um, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah. Coming on, taking the chance and everything. It's, it's not easy to, to, you know, agree to be recorded on someone else's content, no less. I do not like being camera side. Um, you know, it's been one of the things that I've had to deal with a little bit here. But. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. All right, well, thanks, man.